Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where every week we hop aboard the Hot Mess Express, we take a journey down 90 Day Fiance and every single franchise within that universe. We talk about all the nonsense that's going on. This week, we're here to talk about Happily Ever After Season 7, Episode 5. I'm, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puyazan Mikili, ready once again to break it all down. And now, for my guest, this person needs no introduction, but we're going to give them one anyway. It's going to be great. Um, they are one half of the BoJack Horse Pod podcast. They are one half of the Mess Magnus podcast. And they also go by slide because they be sliding in the DMs. It is the one and only Kirsten McKinnis is back. Kirsten, how are you doing? I am great, Puya. Um, hopefully I can impress you on this podcast. And uh, if not, I'll try as someone else. Yeah, we'll see if we end up deciding to change up identities in the middle of this for absolutely no reason. We'll see how that pans yeah. out. Of course. Well, I mean, what what will your name be? Uh, 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 Penny. A penny for your thoughts? Exactly. Aw, so cute. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Speaking of great, we're great. Uh, this episode was okay. Um, I'm excited, though, because Kirsten... I believe this is your first time getting to talk about a lot of these couples. This is your first season seeing a lot of these couples. So I'm very excited to get your takes on them as we go along here. Yes, almost all of these people I don't know at all prior to this season. Uh, I thought that I liked the last season of regular 90 Day because I didn't like any of the people. So I didn't have a rooting interest. But then now I'm watching this season and I don't like any of the people but I don't like it as much. So I think I maybe just like like the traditional like 90 day or other way a little bit better than happily ever, ever, ever after question mark. The question mark is an important part of this show title, by the way. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, are they happy? Is it ever after? Because that's really the energy they give you, especially some of these couples. It's not their first time on Happily Ever After. It's like, oh, you're still not happy? How? So this, we're on the trilogy here. How are you not happy? Yeah, I mean, I was so confused when I saw that uh, Bilal and Shaida were going to be on a show called Happily Ever After. But then when I saw the question mark, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the question mark serves as, as a bit of an asterisk. So it'll, it's like a loophole that allows any of them to get on the season, even if they're not happy. Exactly. And well, I mean, I guess if they're just happy, like it's not entertaining TV. Right. Well, let's just open right up and go into the first couple we're going to talk about here who uh, definitely scream more of the unhappy side. And that is Angela and Michael, even though Michael's technically been in none of the episodes for the most part. But we're going to go to Angela. So last we spoke, Angela was going to make a surprise trip to Michael Mm -hmm. to find out whether or not he's scamming her and whether or not she should deny the visa. Kirsten, what have your first impressions been of Angela? Wow. Okay. So all I really know about Angela is that she's had weight loss surgery. She is a flirt and that she's completely cracked in every way. Uh, And that she's probably like being scammed by Michael, but it's not like she's like a good person. So I don't really care. Yeah, so it's interesting for me because I have followed Angela and Michael from their first journey, from their first time on the show, because that was the first season I watched live. So for me, um, I feel like Michael had been genuine. Everything was on the up and up with him. Although this season, given that we're not seeing a lot of him, I don't know what to think, especially with this constant reminder of he asked for $5,000 to take down the Instagram. Like, I don't know what's happening. He's not, he's not talking to her. He's not answering her calls and that kind of thing. And so like that does raise an alarm bell, but again, she's also acting absolutely wild. So it's not like I have anybody to root for here. Cause again, I don't know Michael at all. Yeah, she is the worst. Um, she is pretty much one of the worst people on the uh, in the franchise for me personally. So it it is tough to uh, to see what happens with these two. But honestly, the reason we're opening with them is because it was more of the same. Everything you mentioned that you've learned about her is what got repeated here, uh, with the one exception that we find out her friend Renee is actually going to be going on this trip with her to Michael. And their story of how they met up is very odd. So Renee says that they met at the airport and that she was like, well, I think I guess Angela smelt like cigarette smoke on me and then asked me if I had a cigarette because she really wanted one. And then we went to the bathroom and I paid off the the bathroom attendant and they walked away and then we smoked. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You smoked in the airport bathroom is what you're telling me. That is nasty. Anyone who's going to be really good friends with Angela is someone who is also not like the moral compass of the show, you know, Uh, like who's trying to make friends at the airport is what I am wondering, because I know that when I'm at the airport, I am looking straight ahead. I will only make eye contact if you are like the secure, the workers at security or at the gate when I will be very polite to you. But other than that, I don't want to look at anyone. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to hear from anyone. And I certainly don't want to go smoke in the bathroom. This is interesting because for me, I have a different approach where 
first of all, I dress very casual at the airport. I'm I'm talking sweats and a hoodie. And I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, we're all in this together. We none of us want to be here. This is a stressful time for us all. So if anything, I'm at my nicest until someone is trying to piss me off. Then I get irritated, but I still try and keep it calm because at the end of the day, I'm at the airport and I have to go through this trip regardless. So it's difficult. That being said, even and as a former smoker here, if I smelt cigarette on somebody and I was like, ooh, like you have a spare one I could bum. I'm not going to do it in the bathroom. That just sounds like a, a mess and a horror story waiting to happen. Yeah, that is how. Well, I mean. Not me as like a white lady, but like you could easily end up on the no fly list for that kind of shit. That yeah, like that's not the, okay. That, that's why I'm my friendliest at the airport. I'm like, I am the nicest man you have ever met. Please <laughs> let me go. Oh, extra screening. Classic. All right. No problem. Let's do this. Um, Very familiar yeah, with that. And I'm not saying I'm not nice at the airport. I'm just like not trying to make friends. I I, I want to be very clear on that one. But I also, Puya, I always get additional security screening at the airport. I don't know why. I think it's because I look so non-threatening like to the security people that they assume I must be a drug mule. Have you watched um, 22 Jump Street? Uh, I Yes. Okay, so spoilers for 22 Jump Street, a movie that's about a decade old. <laughs> yeah, how dare um, you? You know how the uh, the the villain ends up being the the blonde girl at the oh, school. Maybe I've only twenty one Jump Street. All right. Well, I just spoiled it for you. So good it's luck. Okay, it wasn't on my list. Okay. Well, now you should, so you can see why I was going to compare you to her. Anyway, okay. we'll move on. We'll move on. Um. So yeah. So back to Angela here. So Angela again. She's just packing. She's getting ready for this trip. And while she's packing stuff, she pulls out this this book or booklet manual type thing that says the marriage act and something, maybe a matrimony act. And she's like, Renee, I'm taking this with me. And she's like, you know, we got married um, under Christian law in Nigeria. And th- this book does dictate that everything he owns in Nigeria while I'm there belongs to me as well. So technically, I do have a right to his belongings especially his phone. So I will be taking that with me. I was like, okay, this is, so give you a bit of backstory, Kirsten. Last season we saw Angela. She went to a like telecommunication, like phone place and was asking the clerk there if he could hack into a phone remotely because she wanted the guy to hack into Michael's phone because she didn't trust what Michael was up to. I just like at the point where regardless of the reason, whether someone has driven you to it, whether it's just you're feeling insecure, whatever, when you're at the point of being like, I need to see what's on your phone, regardless of asking someone to wiretap it, whatever, like it's over already. You cannot have a relationship without trust. And when you are so concerned about that kind of thing, like it's it's just never going to work. Like I co-sign 100%. I co-sign 100%. I feel like a phone is one of those things where like I do not need to know what's on your phone if I'm in a place where I really care and I'm very paranoid about it I've lost trust and and that is not a good place to be let alone getting to a place where you're like hey yeah can you break into this phone for me cuz I would like to snoop on it no you know your answer if you're if you're looking to the answer or to find the answer of 
should I pull the visa application? Are we not supposed to be together? You should know the answers. Yes. The minute you said you don't trust them. And then he said, give me five grand. I'll take down the Instagram. I mean, the minute you're like, should I pull the visa? It's like, well, probably. Yeah. Like, do you, you know how much work and money went into it? You know how much paperwork it was to do that. If you're questioning all of that, then yeah, you should. But also, you know, she had the surgery, like she mentions two years ago, the surgery. And since she's had the surgery, she's lost a hundred pounds, but then Michael's never been, you know, supportive. She, he's not reassuring her. He's not saying, you know, he's not been playing the partner role well at all, which I don't falter on that. That's shitty. Um, but yeah, that we should saw also be an in- indication. A hundred percent. Yeah, we saw the clip um after her surgery where he's like immediately talking about this how her breasts aren't big enough for him. And it's like, okay, well, it's about her comfort and body, not about you liking it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah and like at this point, it's been a while. And, you know, with all these seasons that happen, I do forget. But I remember I'm trying to remember exactly what went down there. I think she did two procedures and she told him about one, but not the other. And then he was shocked. I don't want to, you know, I don't want I don't want to misremember. I won't speak on it any further. But, yeah, it's not a great feeling to have now going there on a secret mission to to catch him. I don't know if that's going to work out. I don't know if that's the healthy move, but. With these two, I don't think there is a healthy move. I think it's just all bad move after bad move. Yeah, the healthy move is breaking up. And we've seen from the preview that it's probably not going to go well. Um, Now, before they actually go, we see her get given um, a bedazzled American flag hat. Yes. Your thoughts on the bedazzled American flag hat? I mean, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a really funny thing to wear for like a themed party. If the theme is like rednecks, um, but she like loved it and was like, this is like the mother country. Like this is everything. So this will be a fun piece of information for you. So the first season I watched them in, um, Michael was like, I, you know, very excited. I love America. I can't wait to go. I want to meet Donald Trump. This is when Donald Trump was Ooh. president. And then she like brought him Donald Trump memorabilia. She brought him a oh. MAGA hat. And he was like, Donald. And then when he got his interviews, like, Donald Trump, I'm going to come see you. Ah. So she is very much like, a, a, you know, a fan of this kind of clothing. And oh. the bedazzled hat really to me, was an homage to what we've seen before. Now, would you wear a bedazzled Canadian hat? You could not pay me to wear a Canadian flag merchandise. Like, even before the uh, fascists co-opted the flag, you would not catch me dead in that. No, no, no. I've seen you in Canadian attire before. I mean, you've seen me in, like, red plaid. Well, that's not what I, that's not like the uniform. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like I can, I don't know, but maybe this is just like me, Mandela effect, picturing like, no, I've seen you wear Canadian like I, flag before. I don't think so. I think there's a possibility you've seen me in red and white, but I don't recall ever having like a Canadian flag t shirt or anything like that. What about like, because um, Canada is in the World Cup for soccer this year. Would you be wearing like, would you wear like a Canada team jersey? Um, probably not. If it would make 
I mean, if it would make my boyfriend happy if we all wore them, like, I guess. But I don't think he would be into that. I think his first reading interest is England anyways. Hey, well, oh, oof. send him my, my condolences. England's been having a tough go. Uh, he's used to it as a, as a Man U fan. Uh, aren't we all? Okay. <laughs> all right. Yep. I feel him there too. Yeah. So the next time on shows, Angela successfully arrives to Nigeria arrives at his doorstep i guess he's not answering the door and she's there he's definitely there but he's not coming outside and she is decided i'm gonna yank everything off this man's car yeah he she said i'll bust a window out your car (laughs) good tune good (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what she's saying at the end of the next time on she's like ripping all of the black like I don't know what that stuff is. I'm was not it, a car guy. I don't know what was that it stuff like is the for. windshield wiper or the I, bumper. Like she was see, yanking stuff thing. off the car. It's like you know, like the seam between like the windshield and the front, like the hood of the car. It looked like she was pulling off that, like not even the windshield wipers itself, but like the casing that houses them. Yeah. Long story short, this car is about to get a to get to see a lot of Angela, and I think in the first episode when they showed us what's coming on the season we did see michael come out of his house so i'm hoping very much hoping that this all happens in the next episode and this isn't like the tail end of next episode so that we just see all of it happen in one go because that has been the only reason i've been excited to see these two on the season again yeah i uh i'm i I don't think good things are in their future no and you know that's it let's go and talk about a couple that may have good things in their future and that is Elizabeth and Andre. Now, last time we saw Elizabeth and Andre, Andre specifically was hanging out or met up with Elizabeth's mom because her mom was trying to convince him, hey, everyone should put their swords down and come to my 60th birthday party. And he was like, if Charlie's there, we are not going. We are not going to be a part of this. And she was like, you're being a coward. And he did not like that whatsoever. Well, okay. And so... Charlie made a scene at Andre and Elizabeth's wedding, correct? That's like the uh, main basis. A scene and a half. It? He got hammered. He took the mic and then he was talking about how Andre is scamming their family for money and, and all this kind of nonsense. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um. So all of the family drama with Andre and Elizabeth's family are is so troubling to me. I feel like everyone... And like, maybe I'm missing like some side of the story, but I love Andre and Elizabeth. I think that they are very sweet. I think that uh, Elizabeth has some misguided career aspirations, but she's still a very nice lady who just is in love with her husband and supports him. He's in love with her and supports her. And then she has a family member that uh, has acted badly and does not understand that they've acted badly and will not take ownership over that. So I found I find it really, really shitty when her mom tries to force the issue when obviously a boundary has been set and when all of her sisters are being like acting like she's being controlled. Like, I think if she went to him and was like, hey, I want to go do this, he would be like, well, I'm not going, but I support you. Like, that's not controlling. I don't know. Like, am I missing something? I feel like Andre, so if that specific scenario had happened, Andre would definitely, you know, he would not be like, no, you cannot do this. But I think he would definitely still be like, 
well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard or what like, he put it negatively. But mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah, this whole episode with them was weird because the whole meetup is at, with the sisters at um, Jen's girls dance studio. And then the basically the sisters have agreed to go to the birthday now. They're like, screw it. We want to be there for mom. We don't want to miss this. Are you coming? Oh, you're still not coming. Wow. Andre is so controlling and he's separating you from all of us. I was like, you can't change your tune just because you agreed to go now. You were all on the same page one housewarming party ago. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. And my other thing, too, is like in general, in situations like this, I'm always going to side with the children over the parents because my perspective on the whole situation is your kids did not ask to be born. So if they need time away from you or if there's a problem on, in my opinion, it's on the parent to fix that problem because you chose to have kids, regardless of how old your kids get, they're still your kids and you need to figure it out if you want peace. Um, like berating kids or trying to get your children to act in a certain way, I don't think is fair. So I'm uh, pretty firmly in Elizabeth and Andre's camp on this one. Well, that's the thing for me is that this whole episode, all I could think of was, okay, mom, you have a choice. Would you like Elizabeth to be Elizabeth and your granddaughter to be at your wedding, uh, at your wedding, at your birthday? Or would you like Charlie and his partner to be at your party? Because they're you're not going to have both. And by forcing Charlie into it, you are essentially picking Charlie over Elizabeth. That's the way I see it. So mm-hmm. it's because you were never going to get all four of them under one roof. That was never going to happen. You luckily convinced two out of three, but you're going to miss out on the third. And it sounds like you're OK with it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, if that's the decision you're making, then just own that decision and don't blame your other kids for maintaining a boundary that they built with you. And it's especially understandable because Elizabeth's mom continues to just insult Andre and be like, well, no, you drink just as much as him. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's like, okay, we get it. You've picked Charlie. And so you then have to live with the consequences of that. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing is that, um, uh, with Elizabeth and Andre now, they're not going to go to this party. The other two have agreed to go to the party and they, um, are just blaming Andre. And they always have done this every season. They switch up and they blame Andre for everything when, you know, and this is the thing though, right? Is that I know Andre is very, when he speaks, he's very harsh. He's very blunt. And later on in a confessional, Elizabeth does say that she thinks that Andre's not doing anything wrong. He's merely holding a mirror in front of the family and they don't like what they see, which I agree. But I still also do think he speaks a little like a little harshly, but I'm with him. I'm on his and Andre, uh, yeah. Elizabeth's side 100%. I think he just feels attacked, right? When you feel like you're backed into a corner, you're going to yeah, lash From the minute out. he landed at this family, he's been iso- like he's been alone. He's been like all the fingers pointing at him. When he started working with Chuck, their dad, um, they accused him of trying to steal Chuck away and steal money out of their family and blah, blah, blah. So he's never had a fair shake with this family, I would say. Well, and in this episode, Elizabeth's sister literally says, I hope he gets deported. Like, excuse me? Well, no wonder your sister doesn't want to hang out with you if this is how you're acting about her husband. Like, if someone in your family is married to someone you don't like, 
you actually can't say anything about it. Like if it's a situation of actual abuse, that's obviously a different thing. And even then, I think that that needs to be handled in a very specific way because of the like patterns of abuse and how to actually get someone out of that. But in general, that's your spouse. That's your partner. That's your family that you've chosen. And most people are going to just choose their partner over pretty much anybody else at the end of the day. Yeah. So specifically, when the conversation got to a place of, oh, so you're definitely not going to come to uh, come to what's it called? You're not going to come to the party. She was like, no, his green card renewal is coming up and we don't want to jeopardize that for a birthday. And she was like, the sister's like, well, it's just, you know, it's a dinner at a restaurant. Like how what could happen? I was like, I'm sorry. You didn't see the three different times that these two have nearly gone like thrown down once at the wedding, once at the dinner before the wedding, and then once at the barbecue last season. These two are clearly not going to gel, especially when there's alcohol involved and liquid courage gets Charlie and Charlie musters up the courage to say some outlandish stuff to to Andre, who has no time for that. Charlie acts like, oh, I, yeah, I I let loose because that's what people do. But it's like, Actually, people drink responsibly every single day. And uh, Charlie does not seem to drink responsibly. I'm not saying he's an alcoholic or anything like that. I'm not a doctor. I can't determine. But it does at least indicate that he has an alcohol problem at minimum. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Charlie's in this episode. They then the way they segue to it was wild. Mm. So what happened? was um we just get to, into b-roll and it's just feet it's it's a woman's feet and there's someone taking pictures of the feet yeah I, I was like is this ed no see i first thought it was ed then i thought wait we didn't see a scene change is this elizabeth is she getting feet pics done is this becky is this jen no it's charlie and megan who are back now and Megan has made $70,000 in the last year doing feet pics. Listen, I have nothing but respect for the hustle. And if anybody would like to purchase photos of my feet, DM me, twitter.com slash Kirsten said what? I'm not above selling pictures of my feet, okay? Is your name slide because you can slide in Kirsten's DMs for feet pics. To purchase. None yeah, for free. Course course well that's the thing is that if there's one thing i've learned um as an adult is that um if i could go back and change one thing i take better care of my feet um because <laughs> it's a lucrative career I mean, and yeah. these feet are not i don't lucrative. think it's i don't think it's too late for you i think a couple of good petties and you could be well on your way to a career selling photos of your feet maybe maybe i should get like petties on the low and then send liana some pictures and be like what do you think of these feet she'll be like whose feet are those if she's like ooh, be like okay maybe i got something here well first of all i am not going to contribute in this deception of your wife i think (laughs) that deception uh if you are secretly getting pedicures and then send her pictures of your feet without her consent it's it's deception (laughs) well i guess if you know she really likes feet uh she doesn't that i know of (laughs) Then I do not think you should do this because what if she hates them and then you are like, oh, I just spent all this time and effort to get like the well, most then supple I'd be feet like, Maybe around. I need a second opinion. Then I'm like, maybe I ask someone else. Maybe one of my friends will get a DM of like, what do you think of these? I found these on the Internet. What are your thoughts? 
you got to send him to Jacob Jones in that case, I think. Do you do you think Jacob Jones is a, a feet connoisseur? I don't know if he's a connoisseur, but I think he'll give you an honest answer about what you're working with. That's fair. That is true. Okay. And then I got to have the before pictures because I really think if someone's like, ugh, not really. I'm like, but look at the before. And they're like, ooh, okay, maybe you're cooking <laughs> with something here. I don't know. Maybe some people would like the before more. Oh, God. I, I feel bad for them. I would not charge. <laughs> I'd be, I feel too bad. I'd be like, I feel, I'd feel like I'm scamming. Like, I, 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 I'm changing my name to Michael. It's, that's it. Oh, okay. You know what? Honestly, maybe you should. Yeah. Well, um, I don't, where were we? Oh, feet picks, uh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie yeah. and Megan. There we go. So, okay. So she's been making, uh, feet money and it's because, um, basically after that barbecue, they really got ostracized from the rest of the family outside of Charlie's mom. No one else has been talking to them. And it's very clear that this, whatever year that they've gone not talking to the family, they have not self-reflected on why that could have been. They've just fully blamed Andre as well for ostracizing them and uh, specifically the Andre and Elizabeth side of the family for making it seem uh, like a bigger deal than it is and causing everyone to separate from them. Yeah, and Charlie is, like, you can see he's really hurt. He's hurt that his dad's not taking his side. He's hurt that his family is separated. And all of those are valid feelings, like, regardless of which side you're on. However, he's also not accepting that he could have possibly done anything wrong. If this is happening to me, yeah, you bet your ass you're not seeing me again until I can know that you're not going to cause a scene at the next family function. Like, absolutely not. Right. And and that's the big issue for me where he does say he's like, I don't sit, th- sit there and drink every day. I was like, OK, that's g- good. But also when you are drinking, you are escalating stuff and you're giving your unfiltered, like rude comments to members of your family, to to your brother in law. And for what? And then you are now saying that you've done nothing wrong, which is ridiculous. So. There's never going to be a situation where these two are going to be put in a room and be okay because he doesn't see that he's done anything wrong. Andre is not going to accept anything except for uh, Charlie to seek help and also apologize, which I think he would do neither. So he'd be 0 for 2 there. So I, at this point, and I think at one point in the season, I have said that I hope we do see them at some point see each other and confront each other. I've passed that. I would like for them not to see each other because I would like for uh, Andre to protect his peace, especially, you know, he's about to go into this uh, visa renewal process or sorry, green card renewal, which I believe he's finished his temporary green card and is about to get the permanent one, which is valid for 10 years. So I fully get why he wouldn't want anything to uh, jeopardize that. Well, yeah, and getting in a physical fight with an American citizen is probably not the best thing. So I 100% respect them protecting their peace here. Yes, big, big same. Now, in the next time on, we do see that the birthday dinner is going down and the siblings specifically uh, are worried about seeing Charlie. The sisters are both there. Elizabeth and Andre nowhere to be seen in this next time on. So I guess their segment next week just goes to their family. Well, and so here's my question. In a situation like this where the whole damn family is getting segments, are Elizabeth and Andre still the only ones getting paid? Like, did Charlie get a paycheck for that scene? No, no, no. The only ones getting paid, I believe, are Elizabeth and Andre. Because they're the, Mm -hmm. it's, without them, the the others wouldn't get their cameos. 
And I think that, and if the next question is, well, why would you subject yourself to this? I think they, I mean, given where everyone's making their money on like alternative websites, feet websites, the publicity is good publicity. Oh yeah, that was a great uh, publicity for her feet pictures. Like we we saw some close-ups of the, I mean, honestly, it might hurt the sales because people can get it for free. Uh, that's true. I mean, see, the thing is, I don't know a lot about like the. They the should have blurred the tootsies. Is that just another word for feet? The toes. Okay, there we go. So you yeah. can't see the full feet. I feel like I've I've seen I've read somewhere where like they people will like request like, can you put your feet in cake and like shove it in and stuff like that? So <laughs> listen, and once again, I would be willing to do these things if necessary to make money. Do you think they comp the uh, price of the cake for something like that? Oh, I would I would add that into the that's a special request. You add that into the cost. <laughs> like what? Does someone want to pick my next toenail polish color? Pay for my pedicure, you know? Like we can work it out. All right, well, it sounds like you've got a lot of thinking to do now after <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> So we'll give you a chance to think. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will talk about Ed and Liz, a.k.a. Big Ed and Liz. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Kirsten. So this is your first encounter with Big Ed, correct? I mean, outside of like seeing clips on TikTok of him yes. harassing a very young woman who I think was from the Philippines, but I'm not 100% yeah, that was, sure. was uh, from his first season, first appearance with Rose. And that season did go like him in that season did go semi-viral on the Internet, which is why he keeps getting more and more opportunities because he is one of the people that is familiar to people outside of the 90 day scope. He, um, you know, he's a special guy. Very uh, interesting. You know, this is the type of person that ends up on, on reality TV and you're like, Oh, I know why you were there. Um, obviously I don't know him. Well, I only knew like a couple of clips from his first season. And then now this season, in in the beginning of the season, he, he almost had me. He almost had me gaslit. I was like, oh, you know, it seems like he's really happy. Seems like he's found someone that works for him. Like a bit of an age gap, but it seems like everybody's happy. But no, he's just trash. I can't believe I almost let this man gaslight me. Yeah. So the the episode starts where we're a few nights past when the photo shoot had happened, and AKA their last fight had happened. But um, Liz is at a dance studio with her friend who 
was the model in the photography yes. session that went down. I, I thought she was at a twerking class, but then she kept calling it dance classes. Yeah, it seemed like it. Well, I, c- I couldn't make out what it was because I don't think it was aerobics. Um, I well, think they it was were dance, in, some I, kind I, of dance. I think it might have been like twerking fitness classes have become really popular. And since they were all in knee pads, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Okay. But we didn't really get to see them actually work out for long. No, it was like a 10 second B-roll before we got into like the rest of this stuff. But uh, she says that she found this dance place about six months ago when her and Ed had broken up and that um, it had become the place she wanted to go to. And we find out later that now she goes here because it's like the one place she can go where Ed doesn't bother her and, oh, and oh constantly want to like know where she is and blah, blah, blah. And like be in control because it's a workout. Yeah. So we find out that Ed will let Liz go wherever she wants, as long as where she wants to go is a workout class uh, because she had lost a significant amount of weight when she and Ed had broken up. And um, we get the sense from her friend that that was not in a healthy way and she was not in a healthy head place. And like, that was probably not where her body is supposed to be at, like just for balance. And uh, Ed will often look at pictures of her at that time being like, oh, don't you think about being this size again? Oh, like you should work out more kind of thing. Yeah, and, you know, I could very much just go full evil here and, you know, talk smack on Ed and be like, that's ironic. Um, But, yeah, that's super problematic for me for a multitude of reasons. Well, and the the thing is, I feel like the way that Ed looks makes it really easy that you could draw a comparison and you can make fun of him. But you don't have to. You don't have to body shame Ed to understand why the way he's treating Liz is wrong. Nobody should be treating the person that they're supposed to love in that way. Like, if your partner's like, hey, I'm not feeling good and I want to work out more, you should support that 100%. But if you are trying to direct the way that your partner looks... That is not good. If you're controlling where they go and who they see, that's abusive. And trying to control how they look as well, also falling into abuse. It is really ugly. 100%. And she does mention that she feels like he projects a lot of his insecurities onto her, which I 100% agree with. She mentions that Ed is scared to be loved and he's scared to be hurt. And that causes him and their relationship strain, which I 100% agree with as well. Um it's ultimately what it feels like to me. She does mention that, you know, Ed's insecurity causes him to be more bossy and controlling, which is very clear to me is only harming this relationship. Because again, at this point, it sounds like she goes to these workouts because it's like the one place where she can get peace from him. I just don't understand why she's extending him so much grace. Like it doesn't like even when they're having like their quote best times and having fun, it doesn't even seem like they're having that much fun. Well, that's the thing though, right? Is that, you know, love makes you do things. And then for them, that's fun for them. You know, like that's something they enjoy. Here's the thing. I love a good date night. Date night sounds amazing. Um, Their date night is different than my date night though. I will say. It's giving um, Modern Family. Yes, and and he uses the name Clyde Bigsby in that when he does his role play, Phil mm-hmm. Dunphy. 
So I was like, did you just watch that episode and think we should do this? Because you also used Clyde. No, he's Slide. Then he changed it after she rejected him. So, yeah, to give people context. So the next scene we saw with them is they're going to this date night that they've planned. But we find out that typically they do date night once a week. And they also in this date night do a bit of role play where they'll, you know, come up with scenarios. But the main thing they do is they play a game of let's see why you were single for 30 years. Ed, try and pick me up. Pretend we don't know each other at this bar. Try and pick me up and then we'll see where that goes. And this specific date, they've gone to a fancier restaurant than usual. She says that we usually go to a dive bar Mm -hmm. and this is a little bit different. And he comes in and it's like a montage, a super cut of all these one liners that I would tell you, imagine if someone watched How I Met Your Mother in 2006 and thought Barney Stinson is a legend. This is what he was doing. Listen, do you believe in love at first sight or should I walk by again? That's the one that caused him to. That's the one that got the green light cursed and every other one got rejected. And then I was like, oh, that worked. That is awful. Um, But did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Mm hmm. I was waiting for, are your legs tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day. Like, well, that's that's what we were working with here. But also the main one, and maybe to give you context of why I called Kirsten Slide at the beginning of the episode, um, he said, yeah, my name's Slide with a Y because I slide into people's DMs. I just, I don't know. I don't understand. I think she should have replied with, my name is Crawl because I'm a crawl out of this conversation and leave. Like, that's... That's how that's I'm going to play this. Yeah, that's not a great response, but it wasn't a great jumping off point. So I'm, I'll give you full marks anyways. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I don't really know why that's what worked. Um, I guess, you know, at a certain point, it's like we're engaged. So let's go. He's also like, it's fine because I know you're a sure thing. And she is like, don't say that. <laughs> She was like, Ugh, and then all of us were like, Ugh. like that is not a good response. And that I feel like that is a thing some people will say and not realize how bad it sounds. Genuinely, that is not a great thing to say ever. Yeah, just don't say that to anyone ever. It's the same as how you don't ask someone how far along in their pregnancy they are. If you don't know that they're pregnant or like you hold the door open for it. It's just common courtesy. Exactly. So then um, we do find out we did see a scene earlier that we didn't talk about real quick, but we'll go through it. Uh, Big Ed has called his mom to try and invite her. He has invited her to the engagement party, but his mom and his daughter have not responded. And in the in the episode, he called his mom on the phone and she didn't answer. So he's hoping that he can reconcile with them. And then he brings up them again to Liz and we find you know, we hear from Liz that she's actually kind of okay with them not coming because that would be good for lack of drama, which is what she's looking for. Yes. And why in the scene when he calls his family is the first thing we see just a shot of a turd. We didn't even see the dog. We just saw the poop on the pad for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And he, what did he call it? Poopies? Who did poopies? Well, I mean, he says Sir. he has to go potty, so I mean, it's not like he's got Ugh. a good language. That's you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, did they have a next time on? Uh, yes, they did. So in the next time on, Liz's grandparents, she says she considers her grandparents to be her parents, 
Ed is going to meet them. Ed is going to meet her grandparents and they're going to ask all the questions, uh, which I believe the one highlighted was, are you, do you love, love her or are you just with her so you can feel young again? Oof. Daggers from grandma. Tough, question, tough questions from old Gma. Yeah, we'll see how he answers those. I have a feeling he's not going to do a good job, but we'll leave that to be for next week. Now, the next couple here, Kirsten, is Kim and yeah. Usman. How about you give us the recap of where we're at with them? So Kim is visiting Usman and she's going to meet his family this time. If they can come to terms with the fact that he will be having a second wife and they need to come to an agreement on how living with the second wife is going to be. Kim says that Usman told her that the second wife does not get any love, but the first wife gets all the love and the second wife is just for making babies. But we have learned in the time they've been together that that is not the case and that they're supposed to uh, give equal love and respect to all wives. And Kim does not like that. Right. That's This is the most baffling thing to me is that basically Kim has thought Kim's idea of having a second wife was that I'm I'm wife number one and the number one means something in that I'm the primary wife. Number two will only be there for baby making purposes and no relationship will be had with wife number two, which is, again, a bit of a dream, if I may, because then Usman had said no, wife number two would like live with my family, like with us in, in our city. And she did not like that. And her uh, reaction to that was to throw a drink in his face, which then caused any communication from there on out to be broken and frustrated because obviously Usman does not understand why that happened. Well, and I don't understand what she expects because it seems like she wants the second wife to just be a single mom like it, it doesn't even sound like she wants Usman to have access to his kids like it sounds like she just it's like oh yeah he'll have children in a far off place but they won't have anything to do with my life yeah again I don't understand how she thought that was going to work because I you know I just I just don't it's it's I don't know I don't know what I can say about it because to me it's very obvious that this was always going to be the arrangement, but she keeps saying that she says that Usman talks to her and tells her what she wants to hear. So I can definitely hear Usman sugarcoating the situation to like get the approval, but yeah. then she fully buys into that and is, you know, like what the, what the heck is this? You know, I just, I don't, I don't know because I just think it's very obvious like to me, if I was with someone and they had a very different cultural background to me, I would want to learn as much as I could about that so I could be a good partner. And if my partner brought up like, oh, hey, here's this thing that is like in my culture, very normal. And this is what I would want to do. I, I wouldn't want like the uh, the mental load of teaching me about all of that to follow my partner. Like I would, I would want to be doing independent research too, but it seems like Kim is like, mm, I'll just do it. I'll just take him at his word and then doubt him and be mad and upset. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, um, again, I, I do not want to see these two on my screen, but here we are. So more of the fight to cover here. Okay. Yes. Basically 
Kim, uh, so Kim last episode walked out and and like left the room. She threw a milkshake in his face. Is that right? That looked, it looked thick, right? It looked like it was more than water, which she threw in his face the last season. Oh my God. Like, listen, you're done. Like, it's over. Just move on. Yeah, please. And thank you. How about that? How about you do that? And, she, um, and I feel like she's really going into like sunk cost. She's like, oh, I've made him my life for so many years. And it's like, well, baby girl, it's not working. Like you're only getting older. So right. On. Well, that's the thing for me is that I think even when she was talking about it, uh, she was saying stuff like, you know, I got my, you know, I, what did I do? I got my hair done for what? I got my nails redone for what? I put my life on hold for you. So it definitely is that. I feel like she's like, I've put all this time in. I don't want it to just go to waste. I don't want to, you know, give up on it, but more so for the time and not so much for the relationship. Because again, the minute she hears the way he talks about the second wife arrangement and she doesn't like that and doesn't line up, I think she should realize that, well, his way makes more sense usually because then her argument to him is, you know, this is your custom. This is not mine. I'm getting you. I'm, this is new to me. So I don't like I I'm not sure that I am I'm, I'm doing a lot to to be here for it, which to me, again, screams she's looking for him to offer a compromise being, OK, we'll do it your way. Wife number two will just be a uh, baby wife and then you will be like main wife, which I, I just don't see that working, because also in order to do that, you still have to find a second wife who would also be OK with that arrangement. Yeah, I and like. He's not budging, so I don't really know what she thinks is going to happen. It's, I don't know, it's wishful thinking at best, honestly, is how I'm reading it. It's very wishful thinking at best. Why are there so many old women with young, young men on this show? It is like, I, I, I listen, I'm equally as uncomfortable when it's like an old man with like a young, young woman. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, a, it's not a double standard for me. I, I find it uncomfortable both ways, but I just find it so bizarre. Like, I'm 30 and I barely want to be around like a man in his like mid 20s, you know, like, let alone in a dating context. Like, I just do not understand these women at all. Well, I don't know. They found each other, Kirsten. Oh, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> well, so again, to to end their conversation, she wakes up the next day after this fight, and she's like, "I feel bad about what happened. I'm gonna go see him. I'm gonna apologize. I'm gonna apologize to him, basically." So she goes to she starts apologizing the and. Uh, Usman's sitting outside, okay, with some coffee. So the waiter brings her a coffee and he's like, just remember, please, this is a coffee and hot water. So don't repeat what you did last night. And she's like, that is, no, no, no. Last night, the first night you saw me like that. And then she says, except when I threw the water on you, it's the first time you saw me like that. So it's the second time you saw you like that. And then later, it's not me. I'm like, well, it seems like it might be you. Sounds like, you know, you did it twice. I feel like that's like your go-to move when, when you have no words left. So she promises that'll never happen again. Kirsten, is it going to happen again? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just curious what the liquid's going to be next time. And hopefully it's not hot because my God. Hopefully like wine, I guess. Wine would be the natural evolution from water to milkshake. Or right. I guess, well, I guess if it's going water to milkshake, then it would be like 
porridge? Oh, yuck. No. Ooh. <laughs> Hope, I mean, hopefully, um, they was just... it a milkshake? She said on the episode, I think that it was a milkshake, and I was yeah. like, "Why are you out having like I I like the idea of a night out having milkshakes." To be honest, honestly, every time I go to a place that offers a milkshake, I just think, "Ugh, I'm not. This is not the time for a milkshake," and I'll get something else. But it's always there. But I never want to sacrifice what I'm getting to get a milkshake. But also, I don't. I can't justify getting a milkshake in addition to what I want to get. See, you know what I that's mean? The milk, you got to make a special trip for the milkshake. Yeah, that's got to be a solo dolo. Like that's the mission for the, the night is the milkshake. Sometimes if I'm having like a really bad day at work, I'll just go get a milkshake for lunch. See, that sounds delicious. It's great. I highly recommend. Okay. I might have to make that a trip at some point. We'll see. <laughs> you should <laughs> but yeah it, she, he seems very willing to break things off if she's not going to understand what he wants so uh hopefully that happens yeah well we'll see uh the uh the one other thing we find out is that he's having his birthday party and that's the next thing we're gonna see of them is uh usman's birthday party so i'm very excited although when they make up we do get quite a bit of uncomfortable conversation about yammy which yeah, person you know what yammy yeah. is yeah she said um also can i have some yammy and he's like right now bend over i was disgusted i was horrified i need bleach for my eyes and my ears i i'm not well disgusting i feel like i know that everyone signed on to be on reality tv and that means that they're gonna film your lives and put them on tv but you could have left this conversation be between them i didn't need to see this banter about you know what doing the yammy right then and there they could have waited to say it until they had like a break in filming. You know, they th this is on them. True, but it's uh, I, I don't know. It's on the it's on the producers. They could have cut it, left it on the cutting room floor. Imagine how much they do leave on the cutting room floor. Booyah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I know. I know. Oh, it's Disgusting. a lot of yammy. OK, <laughs> so yeah. So then he says, OK, fine. After my birthday party, you'll have yammy tonight. So. Yay, they're gonna have yammy. Woo! Person, they're gonna and, have yammy. And and good for them. I hope that it's a good time and that I don't have to hear about it. And I hope for the two of them, the yammy is yummy. All right. Yuck. Ugh. <laughs> you know, I only said that I thought about it maybe 30 seconds ago and I thought Kirsten's not gonna like this. I'm I, definitely gonna say it. Um before recording the BMB this week, Liana was uh, going through the characters on her cereal t-shirt and I came in oh my God. and she was like, oh yeah, we're just looking at my cereal t-shirt. And I just went, yum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Liana, we're like, what? I'm like, cereal, yum. That's a t-shirt that I got at Winners a couple of years ago that she borrowed from me on one of our trips and then got bleach on it. So now it's just her bedtime shirt. Nice. Love that yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move over to the next couple. Speaking of Yami, it's Jenny and Sumit. Now, oh. Jenny and Sumit are on their honeymoon, right? We we saw this last time. They're on their honeymoon. But uh, Sumit, the president of Bad Timing, uh, made the decision to talk about work at the honeymoon. Not just work, but say that, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to working six times a week because we need money. Or that I, w I would like for us to have money. And then in this episode, he opens it up with saying he wants them to dream bigger and do more and not just eat, sleep and repeat. And to that, I say, 
if I'm at a place where I can just eat, sleep and repeat and I'm comfortable, like I'm not mad at that. Ambitions are good. Having ambitions are great. But also I'm not going to sacrifice my eat, sleep, repeat for six days of work. Yeah, my philosophy towards work is that I work to live. I do not live to work. So if I can find a way to do as little work as possible to have the life I want to have, that's what I would like. Um, He, I guess, wants to get away from Jenny. uh, So he wants to work six days a week. Uh, But you can never be me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, again, uh, eat, sleep, repeat sounds like a like a good time to me. But, yeah, but I, th- I think you and I are both in like a similar alignment of like, yeah, you want to have a good life, but you want to like work to factor in like as little as possible outside of like passion type yeah. projects. Like I want the work to funnel the good times um and like to to benefit but i don't want it to come at the cost of my happiness right it's 100 percent, and that's like the big thing so anyway so that was a good conversation i found out later because then the next part was ooh, we shook the bed a bunch and i was worried that the the, the neighbors were going to say something in the next room over because we kept hitting the headboard against the wall well they didn't say they they had sex but i'm assuming they weren't when- playing twister when will Jenny stand up? I'm still waiting. Go on. I just want her to have a spine and self-respect and I'm still not seeing it. Uh, nobody is going to tell me that Sumit is good in bed. Nobody's telling me that. It's not a fact. She's it's so not happening. I think that maybe her standards are not so high. What? Okay. Is that, is that a bad thing? <sighs> I mean, if they're both happy, then good for them. Yeah, but... she doesn't know what she's missing, right? So then it's like, that's kind of like an ignorance is bliss, right? It's good. It'd be that's worse so if she sad. knew what she was missing. I guess. Well, I mean, she thinks she knows it all. Which is so funny. <laughs> that's the part of the conversation we're going to get to. Yeah, um, But before we get there, let's talk about their activity. So their plan is to go f- zip lining. First, Sumit wanted to do bungee jumping and Jenny was like, absolutely not, which Jenny, we're in the same boat in that regard. I would yeah. never want to go bungee jumping. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, not for me. Um, Yeah, I, th- I think ziplining is really fair. Like if you want to do something adventurous, but you don't want to do anything too adventurous, I think it's a, a perfect meet in the middle. And especially mm-hmm. considering how scared Jenny was even of ziplining. Obviously, she's never going to bungee jump or jump out of a plane. Like, get out of here. Right. It's, it's, it's wild. I, I feel like, you know, to, to do this activity. And honestly, I've seen Jenny and Samit on this show for more than three seasons at this point. I have never, or maybe I can't remember, but I've never seen Samit show a adventurous side where he would want to do these activities. This is very new to me too. Well, we know he's adventurous because he's a catfisher and a scammer. He is bold and audacious. I don't know about adventurous. I don't know. Well, he wants to get adventures in the bedroom. Right. So um, they go to the zip line and the the guy at the the guy at the zip line place is asked by them, uh, who's the oldest person that's done this before? Uh, The guy mentions the oldest lady who did it was 989. And then Jenny asks, and did it has anyone? Have you lost anybody before? He's like, no, we've lost zero people. And that's not going to change today. 
So they get like geared up, ready to go. But when she's there to start it, she gets scared and doesn't want to go. She's hesitant. So she backs out. Sumit goes first, followed by Jenny. Jenny finally does it. They both enjoyed it. She said she loved it. And, you know, Sumit decides afterward, this is a great way to segue. He's like, I'm adventurous. And now I'm seeing that you're adventurous. And I feel like there's a lot of things for us to to explore here at the honeymoon. How about we explore some yoga tricks? You're familiar with the term Kama Sutra, right? This is something you've heard. Um, And uh, it helps make sex life adventurous. And we could do that in a confessional. He says, you know, it's not just about having coitus. It's about the best thing that can happen in your life where you've hit maximum satisfaction. And I really thought, how are you both going to sound like you had an amazing time this morning or last night uh, having having yammy? And then now suddenly you're like, oh, this class would be good. What do you think that's telling telling me? It's telling me you didn't have a good time. I mean, I think you can move a headboard without um, having the most fun in the world, right? They didn't talk about how good it was. They talked about how annoying they were to their they neighbors. They were smiling while they were saying it, though. Um, <laughs> well, and then in a so in confessional, I think confessional, it could be in the scene. I don't even know. Jenny's like, at my age, like I know about this. Like I've seen the books, I've seen the like the positions. Like I I know what I'm doing. Like I don't think I need any further instruction. And so he's like well, but what about me? Like, maybe I need more instruction. She's like, no, you're fine. Mm. Math's not mathing to me. Yeah, she says, I know everything I, I about need to know. Um, and this is not something I've, I have an interest in, which later on she does. It To me, it sounds like Kirsten, she's opposed because they'd have to do this stuff around other people. Did you get I that same vibe? Yeah, yeah, I did. I do get that vibe a little bit, which is totally understandable considering how literally everyone reacts to their relationship. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if even if that wasn't a a situation like the age gap wasn't there, I feel like you know some people just aren't as comfortable doing yeah. stuff like that around other people. Like I would fall in that camp. I would be like, "Hey, I'd take the I I do this. This sounds like a fun activity, but can we do a private session?" Yeah, I think that's very fair. I would I would be more along the same lines as well. Yeah. So then um she pretty much says she has no no excitement to do this at all. Uh but she does say that she feels now that, you know, talk about all this adventure and he wants to do all this stuff. She senses that, you know, age has never been an issue for them, but now it maybe could be an issue moving forward, which I felt very similarly because all of this adventure stuff, again, to me was coming from left field. And it sounds like maybe the honeymoon period has ended for Sumit, where now Sumit wants to go back and work six days a week and he wants to do all this adventure stuff. Whereas Jenny was kind of ready for them to just, you know, have like a quiet, retired style life where they're just together hanging out, exploring the world and like just loving each other, which sounds amazing. But it sounds like Sumit might want a little bit more. Well, I kind of am getting the sense that because of the stuff with his family, I think Sumit is almost testing Jenny. Like, can you keep up with me or are my, is my family right about you? Like, haven't they been together like 10 years? I, I don't understand how it's all this is just coming up now. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> like, I, I just, it doesn't make any sense unless there's some sort of test or other motivation behind it, in my opinion. I'm ready for couples to stop testing each other. Stop doing these weirdo, I'm going to do something 
quietly to assess something, please. Unless it's on Temptation Island when your relationship's already over. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the next scene is actually pretty beautiful. They go to a religious ceremony uh, where they're showing respect to the River Ganges and just everything looked amazing. I feel like I could try and describe it, but I would know nothing and I would still be learning myself. Uh, she does love everything there, which I have said always, I've loved Jenny's enthusiasm for the culture. Everything she sees there, she tries to soak it up. She tries to learn. Um, in the last season we saw them, Kirsten, Jenny was making efforts with um, trying to, you know, learn more about the religion side of things. So I've loved that about her. Yes. But then in after all this, she brings up, oh, you know, and now we can get to working on your visa and maybe you come to the States and we just go to the States because I would like for you to see my world and everything I've got going on. Well, and the thing too is this specific ceremony was about the river washing them clean and washing away the old and bringing in the new was how I understood it to be. Obviously, if that's not correct, I'd love for someone to correct me on Twitter, please. Yeah, add us, please. Um, please add us on that one. Uh, and so I think that, you know, they they sent their flower boat down the river and it was like, this is, we're leaving the past in the past, we're moving forward into the future. And so to her, it felt like a supernatural time to be like, Speaking of leaving things in the past, like maybe we could go to the USA, uh, which again, like you're supposed to be on your honeymoon. They should be enjoying the resort, enjoying time together. And that's it. This should not be the time for these big conversations. But I think both of them are just at the end of their rope. Yeah, I agree, though. I feel like if I'm in a in a vacation mode situation the last thing I want to do is talk about these big, big plans. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Just soak up the experience, but no, they're, they've both brought up different things now, but I think this is a very good sign of things to come because I think Jenny's making it abundantly clear that, yeah, I would like to put his feet to the fire a little bit with this whole family thing, because he's always going to say, well, family first, I got to make sure the family's cool with it. And she feels like she'll never be his first priority here. I don't think she's wrong. I don't think she's wrong. She's never going to be his first priority anywhere. No. Ever. Like he says over and over and over in confessional that getting his parents approval back is the only thing that matters to him. They're the number one thing that matters to him. And his family has said that they will never endorse him being with her in a married sense. So like this has drug drug on long enough. You've you've got to let it go. And I think that we are in for a very explosive tell all at the end of this season. Oh, for sure. As far as uh, explosive next episode for them, that will not happen since they're getting the bye week next week. So we're not going to see Jenny and Sumit next week. They'll be back for episode seven. Yes. Now let's take one last break. And then when we get back, we'll talk about our last couple, Jovi and Yara. All right, so Jovi and Yara are in a very, very sad place as far as the timeline goes. So we open up with them, and it's about a week since Russia has invaded Ukraine on the timeline here for them. Mm -hmm. And Yara, rightfully so, obviously, is having a horrible time because her home country is in disarray. It's being attacked. She has family members there that are dealing with stuff. She has friends there that are dealing with stuff. She's been on the phone with them as much as she can be. 
She's not been sleeping. She's not been eating. Her mom is thankfully safe in the Czech Republic, but the rest of her family isn't safe and she feels completely useless. Yeah, I I cannot imagine how she must feel because I like I'm not even obviously related to Ukraine in any way. But when that footage was like all footage from Ukraine has been horrible, like it it hasn't stopped coming, hasn't stopped being horrible. But especially that first week when we were all literally like, what is going on and seeing what was happening there is just heartbreaking regardless. And then you add a personal connection to the country and your family and friends being there. I can't imagine how that would feel Uh, just absolutely devastating especially when on top of it all she hasn't been back for two years because she hasn't been able to like just horrible yeah you know there's feeling like you're helpless because you are unable to you know do anything help in any way but then also you can't even visit like you have you are trapped in a sense because she still is i believe in the timeline she still hasn't gotten her green card as of yet which means that even if she wanted to go, she couldn't. So she just has to sit there and and just watch everything happen in a way. Yeah. Um, and then it doesn't help that Jovi is also still inserting himself into the narrative because Jovi has a confessional that I did pull up here uh, where he says that he, you know, he's worried about her and he cares about her, obviously. But then even though he doesn't like that she is spending all this time talking to family and wants to spend time with her, he understands her. I like the thing is, is like, I, I have no idea what his intentions are, but for him to have anything to say about Yara spending as much time as possible talking to her family is disgusting. Yeah, I simply do not. I know. And I know Jovi, you know, Jovi is living very closely to his mom he they are in his home country like he is not dealing with the separation as is and then to sprinkle on to top of that like your your homeland is in a war like this is not easy you're she showed us footage she showed us a picture of where her friends were or family were staying at and they're in like they're in a bathroom she mentions that they're spending the days in like a bathtub and then the nights underground like this is a lot for yeah. someone to to watch happen to their loved ones. So you you being upset about not getting to spend time with her, screw you spending time with her. Like put that aside for 2 seconds and think of a focus on her and don't focus about what you want. It, exactly. Like I think that there are times when his intentions are good when he's trying to, you know, cheer her up in moments and and mm-hmm. try and get her mind off of it. And I don't think that that is like an evil act but when you stack everything together it's like she's not going to be able to just forget that her home country is at war that's just not how the world works right and um i might sound you know if if you're listening you're like wow please sounds very harsh towards jovi we'll get to why because they end up going to have a lunch dinner maybe lunch Uh, it's they're going out to have a meal okay and we find out that they have gone to the lawyer their lawyer to see what they could do for the family, if anything. And the lawyer mentions, well, you would get the green card around a week after you do your interview, and then you could potentially visit as far as um, your family. President Biden has said that he will accept uh, people seeking asylum, but he's not sure what the protocol is for that. 
if you are a green card holder, you are able to then apply for your immediate family to come over. But that process could be long. Who knows? So we see that in like a flashback type situation. And then we get to the dinner combo to the meal combo. And she's talking about how, you know, I might have to just go. I might have to just go try and, you know, see my family, see my friends and like try and help. They need the help right now. And Jovi's not having it because Jovi's about to go. So if, if you are new here and you don't know uh, this audience, Jovi's work, he's essentially off the grid for a month, back for a month kind of situation. So he's about to go to work for three weeks. He's going to be away for three weeks. And he is trying to convince her to wait and and pause on considering travel for three weeks until he comes home and then they'll go together, which um, she keeps telling him, well, they need the help now. And he, the way he speaks on it to me, he later says, what does he say? He's like, I'll go with you and I can make rational decisions for us because you, because what? You don't think she's going to be rational at all? Like she won't know what's good for herself and yeah, your child? I, th- I think his concern is that, oh, well, she's so emotional about this that she's just going to like run into danger. And it's like, no, she's a right. mother. Like she's not going to take her child into the war. Like she's going, she'd be going not to Ukraine. Yeah, and she even said, I would want to go and just like, let me go a couple days, see how, um, I forget their, their baby's name, um, oh. Myla. Let me see how Myla takes to it and then I can make a decision. And in my head, I thought the solution is very clear. She goes, you go to work, you finish work, you meet her there. Why is that not an option? Why does she have to wait? Because also... You don't know what's going to happen in the next three, four, five, six days. People need the help now. She wants to go now. That makes sense to me. Well, and like, again, imagine she doesn't go. She waits for him. And then something happens to her family. Like, that's going to be tough to live right. with. That's what that's what you don't like. That's the worst case scenario, right? Is that then you're living with this res- resentment or regret of if I had gone, maybe I could have done something. Maybe I could have at yeah. least seen them one last time. And, and that like, is heart crushing to even think of. I think, I mean, and I, th- I do think it makes sense for Jovi to be like, well, we could go together. But I mean, what, can you not take some time off of your job? Could, could you not take a vacation day? Could you not take some sick days? Like, I feel like they, they can make it work to go together and also not have to wait. I, I don't think that that would be impossible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. This whole thing is tough because... At this point, they're in a standstill. I don't think she's going to go. I think she's going to wait for Jovi. Uh, let me see what the next time on had for them. Uh, yeah, she wants to go home. And we see Jovi say that as a husband, I can't let Yara be a loose cannon. So that makes me concerned that, you know, when you have a child to leave the country with your child, you generally need a signed letter from your significant other. And so that makes me think that maybe he's not willing to sign that or if he's withholding the baby's passport or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I was curious if there was ever a conversation where they could talk to Gwen and would Gwen look after Mila and then, uh, Yara goes solo. Would that was that ever an option on the table? But Gwen didn't get brought up at all this episode. I have no idea if that's even brought up. Yeah, we have no idea where they stand with that. The last conversation was Gwen being like, "Well, I'm nobody's uh, nanny, so I, I feel like it probably wouldn't go over great." Right. I don't think it. Well, I mean, although I will say Gwen is a very 
Like she's been very kind. She's been amazing through what we've seen on the show. I feel like in this specific circumstance, I truly feel like she would understand and would want to help. But again, we didn't see her. So I have no read on that or no way of knowing if that's yeah, the thing. We have, we have no way to really know. Yeah. And then the uh, next time on for the couple not here this week, Bilal and Shaida, uh, they're meeting with a fertility doctor. That's officially going to happen next week. So we'll get more information on where they stand with the fertility doctor and whether they can or cannot have a baby. All that information will be there ready to go for episode six, which means, oh. Kirsten, we're at the end of the episode here. Thank you so much for coming Yay, through. We did and breaking it. all this down. We did do it. This was this definitely felt like a more plot moving episode. Not a lot happened in it, as you can tell by the runtime here. It wasn't but, like a fun episode. No, which means I hope you're willing to come back for a more fun episode sometime this season. I'm I am planning to continue watching, so I, I think you can you can bet on that. Sounds good. I, I do not know how many of our guests will continue watching. So I do appreciate hearing that you will for sure. So that's good. I mean, if something horrible happens, then we'll see. We'll see. I'll, 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 I'll keep a close, I'll keep in close contact with you just to make sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, Kirsten, let the people know where can they find you? What other projects do you have going on right now? Yeah, so I don't have a ton uh, going on podcast-wise right now. Mess Magnets is continuing. Sasha and I are breaking down trending topics, club gossip, uh, pop culture, all that stuff over on the Mess Magnet. So please check that out. And Lindsay Wilson and I are covering Tuka and Birdie over on BoJack Horse Pod, uh, which has been really fun so far. And on the BoJack Horse Pod Patreon, we are going to have Chappelle with us this month to talk about Never Have I Ever. So should be a great time. Hey, Chappelle, the uh, AKA Sumit's biggest fan from last episode. Love that. I haven't recorded the Patreon show yet, so I will not be partaking in bullying of Chappelle at this time. No, and don't tell him because he'll, he'll, uh, yeah. Oh, he's going to be tweeting you about this. No, 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 he won't. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Hopefully. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Anyway, Chappelle, if you're hearing this, you're my best friend. I appreciate you. All right. Oh my uh, God. What? What? So, uh, he's your best friend. I guess I'm not. Okay, cool. Got it. I can have many best friends. Mm, okay. Do you have just the one? Okay, that's fine. Who's your best friend? Wow. This isn't about me. Yeah, this uh, is about uh, you. Put you on the spot, didn't I? All right. Well, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya with Big Brother coming to a close. I will be on there more often. So definitely come through on my Twitch if you're around. Say hi. Always do appreciate seeing people in there. And then uh, as far as other podcasts go, Mass Singer is back. We did episode one, Liana and I. We broke down everything with the new format. We'll see where the season takes us. I don't know how to feel about the new format yet, but we'll talk about that this week with episode two. So check that out. And of course, if you are able to and can, please go over to the Apple podcast page and leave us a five star rating and review. It helps people find the podcast. It gives me feedback on what you might like or not like from this podcast. That would always be appreciated. Go over to robsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. And one other thing I want to address, uh, obviously, 90 day fiance, the single life season three is officially been underway for, I think, three or four episodes at this point. I have not been able to watch any of it because of all my commitments to these other shows. And, you know, with Big Brother, again, playing a huge role in my summer 
Um, I had been unable to keep up with it to then be able to tell you what's going on with it. Now that everything's a little bit lighter, I'm hoping to play catch up and uh, hit you with the updates on that with weeks to come. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll have that ready for you in the coming weeks, but we'll see how that goes. All right, everybody. I hope you had a good time here with us. We are at the destination here on the Hot Mess Express, which means the episode's over. We'll be back next week to talk about episode six. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye.